0: I.V.M. You are listening to The Signal Daily Brought to you by Front Page Studios Calling it a massive layoff would be an understatement at this point. In a letter to his workforce on Wednesday, CEO Mark Zuckerberg announced that Meta would be letting go of 13% of its employees, or more than 11,000 workers. The layoffs are no surprise and are occurring at a difficult time for Meta. Late in October, Meta also made it very clear that its upcoming fourth quarter earnings report wouldn't be particularly impressive, which alarmed investors and led to a nearly 20% decline in the prices of its shares. According to a report from Mint, Meta also intends to reduce discretionary spending and keep its hiring freeze in place through the first quarter of 2023. Meta's headcount next year is now expected to be a much smaller number. But the question is, what went wrong? Why did Meta have to take such a drastic step? So here's the thing. Meta has been heavily investing in the metaverse. And this hefty bet has cost Meta $9.4 billion dollars so far in 2022. And the company anticipates that losses, quote-unquote, will grow significantly year-over-year. That pivot isn't looking too good, as we now know. Furthermore, the current economic crisis isn't helping either. We only recently told you about the impending doom waiting at the gates of Meta. Not only Meta, but also other big tech firms like Twitter and Microsoft, have been struggling as the recession is approaching and companies are cutting down on marketing spends. Besides that, Meta's recent performance hasn't been great. On one hand, TikTok's unstoppable popularity has made it difficult for it to preserve its co-user base. But now, it is hardly able to draw users or even its employees to its VR platform horizon world. The company initially set a slightly ambitious target for Horizon World at 500,000 monthly active users, but recently, due to a clear lack of interest, that number was revised to 280,000. The Horizon World disaster is also having an impact on the sales of Meta's own Quest VR headsets. More than half of the entry-level Quest headsets are not being used six months after being purchased, according to a Wall Street Journal. Additionally. The company's vision of winning over the world with the Metaverse and reclaiming its preeminent position in cyberbase is gradually fading. Just last month, in one of our episodes, we told you how investors are slowly losing patience with Meta and Zuckerberg. Perhaps this lay of news wasn’t unexpected giving Meta's continued misfortunes, but nobody anticipated it to be this big of a number. Things are looking up for meta as 2022 draws to a close. Will 2023 be any different? Maybe not, especially with the recession looming and hampering growth further. For the next few minutes, you're going to know a little more than you did yesterday from the world of technology, business, policy and anything that leaves you with a food for thought. Hi, I'm Manaswini, host for today's episode. And here is the deep dive for November 10, 2022. If there's one thing we know about the crypto industry, it is that it's all a house of cards. Not too long back, Sam bankman fried popularly known as SBF, was considered to be one of the most powerful figures in crypto. This 30-year-old erstwhile billionaire is the CEO of FTX, one of the largest crypto exchanges. I know, I said erstwhile. Hold on to that, I'll come back to it in a bit. But you know, SBF was at the forefront of lobbying for crypto regulation in the US. He was a top political donor for Democrats, he has had sports partnerships, and so much more. And what's there to stop him? After all, FTX was valued at $32 billion at the beginning of 2022. That is, until his crypto empire came crashing, giving a solid jolt to the already volatile crypto world that has seen some dark days this year. But this is how the drama unraveled. On 8th November, a big announcement was made. Binance, the world's largest crypto exchange, was buying its arch-nemesis FTX. And this deal came after Binance CEO Zhao, also known as CZ, almost led FTX on the brink of a collapse. I say almost because speculation of trouble in SBF's kingdom was already doing the round. Before CZ got involved. Now, let's rewind a little bit. On 2nd November, an article on Coindesk triggered speculations about the solvency of FTX. So, SBF founded FTX and also Alameda Research, which is a trading firm, but the link between them has been a bit unclear. And Coindesk has reported that Alameda Research's balance sheet is loaded with FTX's native token FTT. It said that Alameda's largest assets were $3.66 billion of quote-unquote unlocked in FTT tokens. And about $2.16 billion were in FTT collateral. While Alameda disputed the report to claim their investors, CZ got involved and upped the pressure. Alluding to recent revelations, on Twitter, he said that he planned to sell his holdings of FTT tokens. And I'm quoting a few lines from his tweet. It read, We gave support before, but we won't pretend to make love after divorce. We are not against anyone, but we won't support people who lobby against other industry players behind their backs. That was on Monday, November 7th. But the conflict between SBF and CZ sent shockwaves through the digital assets market. FTT had tanked by 80% and Bitcoin fell by more than 10%. And as people panicked and rushed to get their money out, things got so bad that FTT reportedly witnessed about $6 billion of net withdrawals in just three days. At some point, the company reportedly stopped processing withdrawals as it faced a liquidity crunch. That's when both CZ and SBF announced that Binance was stepping in to rescue FTX. That is the non-US unit because its US business is a separate company. Quite curious, right? From arch-rival to now a saviour? But yeah, SBF's fortunes got wiped out overnight. His estimated wealth went down by 94% and he's off the list of Bloomberg billionaires now. And who comes out as the winner? None other than Binance. Its rival is out of the way. Binance's BNB token is up by 17% to $377 per token. And CZ has a word of advice. Never use a token you created as collateral and don't borrow if you run a crypto business. The Signal Daily is produced in association with IBM. The episode was written, researched and produced by me, Manaswini and Shorbury, edited by Venkat Anand, mastered and mixed by Ajay Rajput. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcast. We are the signal.co on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter.